Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate in 2003 nike signed 13 year old freddie adu to a seven-figure contract but freddie didn't live up to the hype he is turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are gonna look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Pat Nevin. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, uh, Champions League edition. Your host is, as always, Brandon, joined by Nick and Dan. Gentlemen, uh, this is going to be a good one, all right? This is the the uh, Sevilla away match review in the Champions League. A uh, lot to unpack out of this one, but here we go. Three-word match review. Set the stage. Dan, what have you started? It is out of control. It is now bigger than you as a person. We need to rein it in. Uh, you, you can't. It's out of the box, Brandon. It's out of the box. It has a life of its own. I think you know, we're getting close to about 200 people who left a, a three-word match review in here. And it's tough. It's tough to choose. Look, a lot wow. of them were, were some common themes like... Ollie, 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 or Giroud, Giroud, Giroud. So, I mean, those were, you know, we'll just kind of take that out. But I think there were a couple really good ones in here. Uh, just kind of hit through really quickly. Uh, Mark from Discord with Sevilla French Fried. <laughs> which uh, Preston with Sevilla is blue. Can't can't debate that one. Megan had the Giroud, Giroud, Giroud. Uh, Kate from our Discord with Francophile Forehead Filibuster. Going for the alliteration there. That's... Look, you know I'm a sucker for it, Kate. So well done. Three words, far too many enunciations, <laughs> too many uh, syllables is what uh, you're yep, going I'm, for there. Yep, yep, yep. I'm yep. There was over a my words. <laughs> aged like wine from Andrew mm-hmm. Kyle with the handsome Hattie, which I mean it was plus one, so, but I get where he was going with it. You know, uh, a couple people playing off the the four, so uh, un due quatre. Mm-hmm. From Jonathan, Jack with give no quarter. I like that. Quarter. I like yeah. that. I like that one. <laughs> Blake uh, was one of the many people who had meaty French forehead with an F O U R. Too easy. Look, 
Sometimes you just gotta tap it in. It's it was the tap in equivalent of a three word match review. Go to your Tana home. with squad depth goals, which mm. you know we did have our junior, you know, our junior mm-hmm. varsity blues out there today. Uh, <laughs> we had Danny with ruining football again because of course why not? And just for Nick, Will from Discord with the why not us? He made sure to specify though it was the Champions League edition. Why not us? God, you guys are nuts. I just fine. Then you you tell them what you had, Nick. Uh, I I also went. I tried to go a little French, but the pronunciation here is not going to be good. Um, I remember taking French one in, in junior high, and boy, did that not go. Acing well. it. Yeah, killed it. Uh, Giroud Quattro Magnifique. That's okay. uh, for magnificent. Uh, from yeah. All right, Dan in English. It's very simple. Uh, simple one. Thank you, Arsenal. The problem is it's too positive for Arsenal. It should be like, Arsenal, you idiots. <laughs> you I guess suck again. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, by the way, shout out to Dan for wearing the French kit right now. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously going full that French. That thing is. That's a sexy shirt right, now. right there. That is. Um, uh, mine, I put Sevilla, our average. All right. And I'll elaborate on this because Sevilla were average and we made them look average. So mm-hmm. don't worry. First I'm, I'm, home loss in European competition since 2018 for Sevilla. Do, but it doesn't matter. There you go. I, look, I stand by my say they looked average at best. All right. But we'll get into it because it wasn't just them. There, there's more to it. So look, we're going to discuss it, right? We're going to discuss the heroics of one man who is becoming legend, uh, specifically Olivier Giroud, and how he completely dominated the match. In moments. Uh, and some other attacking performances of note. Obviously, I can't believe Christian Pulisic played as much as he did, but it was good to see Calm Hudson-Odoi back mm-hmm. in the lineup. And Kai Averts didn't expect to see him starting, but clearly he is back and ready to go. Um, and then we'll luckily touch on the fact that the rotation didn't hurt Mendy's clean sheet record. And what a record it is. So... Uh, before we get into all that fun stuff, uh, thank you, Time. Thank you to Jordan for joining up on Patreon. I'm going to get your stuff shipped out here pretty quick. Uh, also, shout out to the rest of you. Thank you for sending me messages. I will continue to work through uh, those to make sure you get your deserved goodies. Uh, Dan, excited for these. More Apple Podcast reviews. Yeah, love the five stars that we keep on getting in these Apple Podcast reviews. I know we're seeing a lot of uh, Spotify wrapped as well, which has been exciting to see people yeah. share us as their top one top three top five podcasts and that's always really really cool as well so it's if you have those share those because that's amazing send them all us in it we need it was great uh i I think there was the one that had us with like bachelor podcast in there mixed in (laughs) that was quite wonderful too um but for the five star reviews and apple podcast i want to thank thomas and one that Nick and Brandon are disputing the veracity Ugh. of from Gargar0909, who did say that they thought I'm amazing, which thank you very much. I appreciate that. They think it's it's bots or something. I don't know. But leave some, you know, if you're a human, leave a five-star review complimenting me. We'll read it on the next show. And we'll know you're not a we'll we'll know you're a human if you don't send the review that this person did. Um it's, highly questionable. Oh my God! I mean, just—they know that Dan reads these first, and so it's yeah. pure pandering. I mean, yeah, ultra pandering. I usually get slated in these, which I, you know. I mean, if you're like saying that you I might as it. well like just let Dan run it, and it's like the Dan show. I mean, come on, <laughs> like let's think with our head, people. Wow. All right. I enjoyed the hashtag. It was Dan's one-liners never quit or something like that. It was really good. It was very sharp. So catchy. Too long of a hashtag, Nick. Over to you. All right. You guys know about Merch Madness. 
Milwaukee Blues have inspired us to do a Chelsea kind of adjacent, you know, chapter merch kind of uh, contest. So uh, Milwaukee, L.A., Miami, all you guys have wonderful merch. We New seem York. to see it. New York Melbourne, has wonderful merch. Melbourne Blues. Yeah, they're doing masks and everything. These these guys are killing it. So we need to see it. We we need to understand your the best of your best, and we're gonna buy it at full price. We we want to you know support you guys. After we get everything in, after we kind of rate it, we're gonna do a little March Madness style tournament uh, entitled Merch Madness, and then uh, the winner winners are gonna get some sort of donation to their local pubs to help support people the the bar staff who are working through. Uh, COVID, which has been really tough on that industry, or do a donation of the charity of their choice. So you guys have heard this for a while. Send us in, tag us on Twitter, whatever it is. Uh, then a, a quick note on housekeeping that we have coming up. Uh, first of all, massive happy birthday to Rick Lanville, Chelsea's historian, friend Legend. of the pod. He spent five hours with us this spring doing the like oral history of Chelsea Football Club, all 115 years. It is worth your time. It's been posted on social media again today. Go listen to that three-part series. It is incredible. Uh, he drops nuggets that we didn't even know uh, heading into that. Actually, a lot that we didn't know. So uh, go listen to that. Happy birthday to Rick. He's wonderful. Uh, Imperial Wharf shirts, uh, go buy those if you're interested in seeing our logo on a football shirt and go support Grassroots Football and Louis Beneventi. Uh, wonderful uh, that they're they're about to start playing again after the lockdown, which is good. Uh, we have some cool news that's going to come out next week that we're really excited about. We can't share it yet. Oh, man. Listen to this guy. We can't, oh, my look, we can't share it. We can't look. But I'm telling you, it's coming. So it's a... It's almost as if it's a teaser for mm, next gosh, week. You're awful. Hmm. Wow. Cool. And then scheduling notes. Uh, we are going to do a leads preview this uh, for this weekend and then a review that's going to come out next Monday per freaking usual. Deep breath. But, but you knew all that. So now it's match review time. All right. It was Sevilla in the championship. Totally League. took out. I did housekeeping. He's like, no, screw you. I'm, but we're moving on. This past Wednesday, the 4th of December in the year 2020, it was at the Ramon Sanchez Pichuan Stadium. Scoreline Sevilla, nothing. Olivier Giroux, four, assisted by 10 Blues brothers. Uh, predictions, whatever those are. Dan, take us to the lineup. Nine changes. Yeah, it, really, it was many between the sticks. You know, we just he's going to play every game this season, I think. Maybe he won't play against Krasendor, who knows. But, you know, pretty much any game that has any matter, he'll play in. Emerson, Rudiger, Christensen, and Azpilicueta made up who? the remainder of our back line. Azpilicueta? No, uh, I, I don't recognize any of those names, oh my except Azpilicueta. Stop. Jorginho, Kovacic, uh, Pulisic, Havertz, hudson Adoy, and Giroud made up a front five that was mostly you know front six rather that were mostly kind of a a three three but you know just kind of all roamed around the pitch because there was space has no and they could do whatever they want <laughs> so, uh, so kept, we played back four and a front six yeah <laughs> got it really it was a front uh, one but yeah uh Kepa Caballero, Alonzo, Abraham, Tamori, Chilwell, and James were our unused substitutes in this match. And we saw Conte, Werner, Mount, Ziesch, and Gilmore all come in off of the bench. Oh, Billy, Billy. 
Now, a lot, a lot of names to work through on this one. Uh, very, very interesting, especially with the scoreline. But anyways, Chelsea, uh, maybe a little bit interesting, 45% possession on the day. Uh, we had 15 attempts at goal, uh, seven on frame, three off target, five blocked. Sevilla, on the other hand, had 16, so they out-attempted us. But then we had three on goal. They had four off target and they had nine blocked. Saw some references to, uh, let's see, Gary Hayes and uh, someone else on Twitter talking about reminiscing when the last time they saw defenders throwing themselves in front of uh, shots around the area, which is a good time. So it's great to see that kind of tenacity from the back line. Uh, we had seven corners to their three offsides apiece, um, four cautions apiece, which is. Something we could probably talk about even. Um, but overall, very, very, um, you know, one, I'd say it's the scoreline is one-sided, but the rest of the stats, it's 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 fairly even in this match. Um, but at the end of the day, it only matters how many you score. So the XG philosophy, at XG philosophy, uh, had Sevilla 1.55 expected goals, Chelsea 2.45. So you can say we got a little bit lucky. Um, but then, you know, you look at their reply to their tweet and Sevilla again had 1.55 expected goals. Olivier Giroud on his own had a 1.52 expected goal. So dude might've had himself a day. So let me spare you no more time wasted. Olivier Giroud show full effect. It was a historic night for our world cup winning forward mm -hmm. our third striker who is unhappy with the amount of minutes he's getting dan he responded in an emphatic way it was great it was a wonderful night i think the the first comment which kind of you know there, there were two that opted joe tweeted out afterwards i'm just gonna read verbatim here and then let nick wax poetic about mm. the the eye test here but for olivia Giroux is the first chelsea player to score four goals in a game since frank lampard in march 2010 march 2010 versus aston villa while he's the first to net four for chelsea in a european cup champions league game Incredible. And then 34 years, 63 days, Olivier Giroud is the oldest player in Champions League history to score a hat-trick, while he's the oldest to do it in the European Cup since Real Madrid's Ferenczi Puskas in September 1965, 38 years and 173 days. Glorious. Historic night. I, I, I will quick. It is Puskas, the Puskas Award. Yep. Yes. W what a guy to be related to or connected to in this sense. Uh, nothing but smiles, Nick, it, to the point where they even let him take the fourth or the penalty for the fourth. Jorginho was on the field. Easily could have been him. Uh, no, everyone just moved aside, parted the Red Sea and said, Olivier Giroud, whatever you want, you get. I mean, it's that's team chemistry right there, right? I mean, uh, you know, Jorginho hasn't been playing that often either. He probably wanted a goal tonight and... I think just the recognition of the moment, him and Aspie did a little collab sesh and said, no, let the big man take it. I mean, and it's like when this team plays in a selfless way, good things happen, you know, like there, there's so much talent on the field. And I think this, the chemistry that we were a little worried about earlier in the season is really starting to turn on now. 
Um, we we mentioned this in our uh, November uh, month of review, right? Like it, if the role players in this team can step up and play like starters, we have something special on our hands because it's going to take all of these players to get us through not only December, but then cup runs in the spring and everything else that goes along with it. Giroux stepping up in a massive way tonight. You know, Pulisic and Havertz coming back from long-term layoffs. Um, Jorginho coming back into the side. Uh, Rudiger and Christensen uh, playing together for the first time together since God knows when. Uh, you know, Aspi, Emerson. Emerson played, and that back line kept a clean sheet, for God's <laughs> sake. I mean... Modern it, miracles. It, 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 all, it all ladders up to Giroud in this match, and, and believe me, I'm going to talk about him, but like... All of that matters. And Giroux putting his stamp on this game with utter class. I mean, he was the best player on the field by a country mile. His third goal finish, that little, or the second goal, where he chipped it. Mwah. Weak foot. Yeah, it's it's his right Weak. foot. <laughs> little perfect chip that you would see Messi do in another Champions League match. This was a standout performance in a game that, if Chelsea wins, they, they're guaranteed top of the group, which we weren't last year. It, it all matters, man. It's a big deal. So the good news, um, you know, breaking down his goals, it was such a good comp finish. Just touching on that one specifically, right? Uh, he faked the shot, committed the defender. The goalkeeper also committed. And that's when he knew he could then, you know, essentially hit the, the very deft chip that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something, look, that takes confidence, to to hit and for someone who doesn't have a lot of minutes he's playing he was oozing confidence the entire night um you know the header for the third where he just split the defenders you know it wasn't a power header it was a glancing header but he put it on frame and even the pen right like he just stepped up and buried it confidently he just he has he I just it's hard for me to understand how how someone can just come in from the fringes and play a match like that. I mean, he looked made Sevilla look average, right? Defe- like he was involved in the play. Look, all right, Squawka has it here. Olivier Giroud's game by numbers, okay? 37 touches, 17 total duels contested. He was everywhere tonight. He was tackling back into the midfield to try to help win the ball. He had nine total aerial duels, which is the most. By the way, the 17 duels contested was the most. He had five shots were the most. He had four shots on target, so great, all right? Oh, by the way, not only was four shots on target, he had four goals. Also pretty good conversion. Decent. He won three fouls, which is the most. He had two recoveries, one tackle, and a clearance. I mean, he did everything tonight. And again, I just can't stress enough how hard it is to come off of the fringes and to play the way he did with guys he's not used to playing with. Because you even look at the rest of the lineup. When's the last time Emerson Palmieri was serving the ball into Olivier Giroud in a competitive match? I don't have Europa a Europa All right? Two he, years ago, yeah, I'm probably. <laughs> you know? Uh, and then you have players behind him with Jorginho Kovacic kind of in a, in a pivot. He probably hasn't played that much with Averts. And yet Hudson Adoy on the right who hasn't got a lot of minutes. And just if you put it all together... Um, it was just, I can't, I can't speak highly enough about what Olivier Giroud did, Dan. I can't speak highly enough, um, for just the absolute professionalism he has. 
I'm glad he challenged Frank in the club publicly that he needs minutes. Um, and when he gets said minutes, does what he just did. You can't ask for more. Well, that's what Frank had to say afterwards. So in the post-match presser talked about the fact that he's the ultimate professional. He isn't always a regular, but his performances have shown that he is a great sign for young players to keep training. Well, it was a complete performance and it was, and I think that, you know, the, the penalty and if anyone came near him and tried to take the ball away, I mean, it would have been the slap out of the hand. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like this guy he's done a perfect hat trick. Let him get the fourth one because he's earned every right. And, you know, I think the, the question now that, you know, seemed to come up afterwards is like, well, what does this mean in the pecking order? What does this mean for our next match? What is this? And, and, you know, this is it sucks that, like, you know, players that you root for may not be getting the minutes. Right. Oh, man, I, we really want to see Tammy continue to grow and develop. Man, you know, Giroux, you know, needs minutes. He needs to get in there. We got Timo. Timo's doing you know great stuff on and off the ball. We need to make sure we fit him in. I want Frank Lampard to have a massive headache. I want him to be downing bottles of Excedrin to deal with the pain in his forehead because he has well, so many players Dan's that are firing all cylinders. <laughs> okay, easy. Uh, well, I, I mean, this is this is the thing that everyone's saying after the match, right? It's like there's no way he can leave because yeah. not only are we in a condensed fixture nightmare for the rest of the season – but how many teams have a player like Giroux that they can bring in from the cold, from not playing for two months, have him score a winner in the Champions League, and then have him score four in the next Champions League game? I, like, it just, he is such a weapon that you have to keep him around. I know there are rumors of him going to Miami or, or you know, back to France or whatever. Believe me, his place in France's squad for Euros is fucking secure <laughs> okay he's playing for france this summer he needs to play for chelsea more and i think he's going to get more chances the crazy thing is on current form it's him tammy and then timo in terms of goal scoring form timo's the one who's missed the most chances out of those three like that that is crazy man like and of course you're not going to do it that way but like just thinking about conversion alone like you know Timo yeah. Timo misses more than any of the other two. He probably gets more chances total though. And and Timo is playing on the wing where those two are playing centrally, you know. Sure. Could be a factor. But at the end of the day, like Giroux has to have moved up the pecking order. Right? I mean, with the last performance we've seen, is is he starting or or is he number two? Is it Timo, Olivier, Tammy now? Well, and Tammy's played well this year, too. I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, you you look at this and you remember last season, we played some of our best football with Giroux in the lineup. Like, that was the weird part about last year is, like, when it was closing time, when we really had to get something done, who was our starting center forward? Olivier Giroux. So. I, I, I'm i happy if he, I because I kind of think it's one of those things that, like, I you have to play him while he's hot. Like anyone, any striker that scores four goals, they pretty much really should have earned two starts to at least see what they've got. You know, you obviously leads and getting into the busy time of the season. Maybe he won't play in all those matches just because of the congestion. But I, I, I would fully want Olivier Giroud leading the line come this Saturday, Dan. And if you disagree with me, 
It's over between us. <laughs> I will fight you. <laughs> I I actually think it's over. Here it is, people. It is over. We're done. I I don't know. I mean, I think we, we talked about the whole know? last episode was talking about rotation and Frank doing a really good job of managing the squad. Olivia Giroux is not like a speed demon either. And like, so maybe the better thing is to say, hey, you know what? I'm also going to make, you know, 10 additional changes when we play Krasador next week and mm-hmm. maybe let Giroux start that match, come in as a, a sub potentially versus Leeds. Because I actually think Leeds is going to be a speed game and it is going to be a little bit of a back and forth. And I think that's where I'm going to want Tammy, Timo and Enziesh kind of going full speed. I don't necessarily know if that's the right match for Daru, But th- again, like this is a good thing. It's a good problem that we can even have this debate about <laughs> the rotation for strikers where in previous seasons of this show, it's been, oh, my God, pull our hair out. Like, can we go buy a striker off the street? Yeah. Hard like, argue. Hard uh, argue. I, I would say this. Like, if Drew doesn't start on Saturday, it will feel incredibly harsh. But I think Dan is right that you your best case scenario, if you're Frank Lampard, in the month of December, in the month of January, in the month of February, is that you have two teams that can play. And... Certainly against Krasnodar, like you're you're throwing Billy Gilmore in there. C team. You're, yeah, you're throwing whoever because everybody Marcos Alonso bringing him back from the cold. Even Tamori will play. Holy probably not. Probably no. not. Uh, apparently not uh, at all uh, with Fakayo this year, which is super bummer. But like, I think your your best case scenario is you have two teams that can play, and I. You know, outside of the goalkeeper, which, you know, I think maybe Kepa even plays if he's healthy against Krasnodar because it's I think a free one. It's a freebie. Yeah. He, he needs minutes just in general yeah, you to feel like a human. A sharp, yeah, a sharp backup for sure. But, like, that that to me is the best case scenario. It's going to feel incredibly harsh. And if I were Giroud, I'd be pissed the fuck off if I just scored four goals and I didn't start on Saturday. But I think Dan is right with the matchup that you need speed to counter their speed. It's going to be a weird Saturday. It's going to be weird for sure. Okay. I did. I look, and that's fine. I just hard argue. I absolutely put Olivier Giroud in at the, at the weekend. Um, and I think Tammy needs Krasnodar more than Olivier Giroud. If I'm Olivier Giroud, I'm like, what huh. do you want? What more do you want from me? I'm banging in the goals. I don't want to play in a dead rubber. Tammy, on the other hand, needs a little bit of confidence. We're getting to the point of the season where maybe hits a slump. Like you play Drew hot hand, and I think until he doesn't come good, he should or he's too tired, he should essentially stay. So Dan, I'll give you the last word, then we're moving on. I was gonna say save some of this gold for the leads preview, man. You're just dumping it all right now. Oh, we're we're gonna have so much lineup to talk about. Don't even worry about it. All right, uh, we're gonna take a quick break. I need a breather. I'm all heated up after this Olivier Giroud <laughs> stuff. But uh, he's hotter than the collar. When we when we get back, uh, we're gonna do a little bit of Pulisic watch. Uh, obviously, talk about Colin Hudson and Hobbert's all coming back. But thanks to these sponsors for financially supporting the show. Hope you like our ad reads, and I hope you like the beats. We'll be right back. Fellas, 2020 has made it hard for us to stay as hygienic as we should be. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped have made it easy to turn your bathroom into your own private salon. Manscaped is on a mission to change the grooming game with their below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products, and they just released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. 
The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin-safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. The waterproof technology also allows you to groom in the shower and for up to 90 minutes. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is perfect add-on to the Lawn Mower 3.0 trimmer. Their perfect package comes with two free gifts and other liquid formulations to complete your ball trimming routine. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraben-free, so you know your disco stick is in good hands. You're probably sitting on the couch with your hands on your balls anyways. Might as well keep them smelling fresh with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, an anti-chafing ball deodorant designed to defend against the below-the-waist odors. When that summer humidity hits, I use these to keep my balls from sticking to my legs. They even use the Crop Reviver Ball Toner that is spray-on toner for your testicles. Their foot duster, foot deodorant, is so good they can even reduce the odor of the dirtiest feet. Use the code LONDONISBLUE and get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Basically, all I'm saying is if you love your package, all you have to do is go to their site, hit a few buttons on your phone, and it will change your life for the better. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code LONDONISBLUE and upgrade that salon with the luxury products of Manscaped. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. It's a lot. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Oh my gosh. Did you see Christian Pulisic started today, Nick? I, I didn't see it coming. I thought maybe 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes. Didn't see 70 whatever minutes he played. He still has the beard. He's fast. He threw in a stupid tackle. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. It was a good day out for Christian. Disagree. I think it was a poor day out for Christian, but I was glad to see him out there. Um, he didn't have an end result. I'll give you that. But he was lively. He was involved. He was confident taking people on. Yeah. I mean, like, he clearly isn't A plus back. Sure. Yet, right. He's not sharp. He actually looked pretty. He he looked like he was trying too hard today, which is what you would expect from someone who's that competitive. But you know, I think when you try too hard and you don't let the game come to you, it looks a little ugly. For, you know, and it, it did for him today. Um, he had a really good chance to score from um, almost an assist Pilaqueta moment early on, which you know, if he, I think if he scores that, he probably settles down quite a bit, and uh, you know, maybe is a little bit more dangerous, but. All we need, all we need Pulisic to do from this point through the end of the year is not get hurt. Uh, so any match that he could, you know, he, he's able to come out of what the 67th minute or so and not be injured and you know live to fight another day. Dan, I think is a, a good thing for him, and he'll continue to get sharper. 
Yeah. And that was the question that we got on Twitter from one of our listeners, Danny, was that, you know, Christian looked like he was trying really hard, but we'll give him the calmness he needs back. And I think it is the minutes in the matches and Mm. it's getting a goal. I think those are the two things that can help calm him a bit because what he has to see now is having been out, Tammy has moved centrally, whereas previously we saw Timo playing centrally. We've seen Callum accelerate a little bit in how he's been playing with being mm-hmm. called upon in the absence of Pulisic as a, as a winger option. And now we're seeing Timo playing out left, which is kind of where Christian had the lock, right? Heading into the season, left wing was Christian Pulisic, and we really didn't even have a conversation around Timo Werner playing there on a regular basis. And so if the lineup is starting to be etched a little bit more in stone, you know, we know Mendy's back in there. We, we see some stuff starting to form in the top. I think that's might be a little unsettling to someone who thought they had a, a set spot in this lineup. And that's where Christian, if he can get the minutes, if he can stay healthy, if he can start banging some goals, because I think the the shot selection wasn't necessarily great. There was also, a, again, we love selfishness when it pays off, but we hate selfishness when it doesn't. But there were a couple where he had some clear layoff balls like to Callum where yeah. this would have been well beyond a four goal in. It would have been a, a five goal, six goal, seven goal win if he had kind of connected with a few others. And, and again, that also, Brandon, is just he hasn't been playing with them regularly. He needs to build back some of the rhythms because he's been out and develop the kind of the, the game fitness. The hardest thing to get back after an injury is decision making. And that's what you guys are talking about. He's making the wrong decisions in the wrong situations, and that comes back with time. I think, Dan, it's really hard for you to say he needs goals to get confidence back. Goals are the hardest thing to do in the game. But if he does get them, that's the fastest thing to remedy everything else because goals count the most. But if he can get keep getting into, you know, I think his positioning, he's getting in dangerous positions, right, like you have here. Um you know, he, he had some opportunities where he maybe could have found Giroux, but he put it on his left and shot, could have looked to get it Callum, could have picked his head up a little bit more. I saw that. But again, it's the decision making, which is the hardest thing to get back, especially at this elite level. It happens so fast. So I was really happy to at least see his intent to be involved, his intent to be very direct, which is what we love about him um, and his his how much he cared. He was so mad at himself when he got cautioned for that silly tackle because his touch let him down. Uh, He was so frustrated if a shot didn't come off. He holds himself to the highest standards. And again, it was just great to see him back, I think, as a morale thing. But again, the decision-making is is what he needs to to polish up. Well, and I mean, again, it's Ziyech and Werner getting most of a match of rest. It's Tammy getting a full match of rest. It's N'Golo getting... All the, you know, again, it's it's ev- it's everything coming yeah. off tonight. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was damn near a perfect night, outside of Christian not performing to his best. But you know, you wouldn't expect that. I if by if by the end of December Christian is still off, then we'll have something to talk about. But you got to give him some time, and you're yeah. going to see him. You're not going to see him in six consecutive matches in December either, because that's just silly. Like because that would happen in about. 15 days yeah it's just not it's not realistic so got to give him a little bit of time for sure so Callum Hudson-Odoi on the opposite wing 
Um, we have some statistics here for him. Two of two dribbles completed, most on the pitch with Emerson, Pulisic, and Albert. So we, we had quite a few dribbles. today. Emerson loves a goddamn dribble, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, my. And he apparently loves a good whack in the back of the leg. So that was funny <laughs> to watch. Uh, he had, Callum had a key pass. He won five of his six duels. 77% pass rate, three interceptions, two tackles, which is most on the pitch side of Jorginho, Emerson, and Aspie. By the way, Jorginho is miserable at tackling. So if you get tackled by Jorginho, like, you're a chump. Uh, eight recoveries. So <laughs> oh he God. worked so hard off the ball. Um, and and I think that shows his commitment, shows his work ethic. He is willing to do what the team needs, not just what he wants to do. It's easy sometimes as attackers to be a little bit lazy because you justify it in your mind. No, no, no. I'm just getting ready to transition to offense. You're just, but if the ball never comes, there's no transition to offense. So he did a really good job of staying involved in the in the play, winning it back so we could go forward. Um, Dan, I'm pretty sure you put in the group chat that you thought Calm was atrocious and you hope he, he doesn't play the rest of the season. So I guess you wow. can defend it now. Wow. <laughs> Gonna need uh, picks of that one. Um, Just but uh, no, I think it was a really good performance by Calm tonight. You know, he definitely showed a little bit more of the, the skill that we know that he has within his bag of tricks. And that was something that I think all of us were pretty excited to see. You know, I think he, you know, laid a couple of balls into the box and, you know, we, we've seen him collaborate with Drew on the pitch before. And, you know, maybe there could have been a, another goal there and maybe there could have been, you know, if he had received a ball back, you know, from, from Pulisic, maybe there would have been a goal for him tonight as well. But in general, it's good to see him getting into those dangerous positions, most like Christian being involved in the passage of play, moving the ball quickly, just all things that, you know, again, it ha- has it been the best two seasons for him as a player, like getting a massive injury and then having to work his way back into playing after, you know, being rumored to be purchased by Byron for 30 to 50 million, you know, euro. Like this is getting it's a good bumper to see contract. Him. Yeah, just it's just good to see him, Nick, getting into a point within his playing career where he's finding some more regular minutes and opportunities to impress. My only question, and, and Nick, you can answer this if you want, is was it a good night out for Callum or for the standard that Chelsea need from someone in that position? Um, I, th- I think if you win for nothing and it's that convincing – you know, it was pretty convincing to me. I know that you said mm-hmm. the stats were pretty even, but I mean, not the, the eye test was not even. <laughs> I mean, this agreed. Was, this is a blowout, right? Like, even if, if if you personally don't have the best stats, I think it's a good performance, right? Like, you clearly did your job to help the team win. Um, now, look, I mean, Callum wants to score. He wants to assist. He wants to do all of the you know things that made him you know, kind of break onto the scene at Chelsea, but uh, sometimes you just need players to do a single job. And I think he did a single job. He's also, I've noticed over the last couple of games tracking back a hell of a lot more mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not great yet for sure. Um, I think our right-sided wingers have a, a tendency to, to not be great tacklers per, perhaps, but uh, I love the effort. I mean, I think the effort's there and you know, if the effort's there, the, the goals and assists are sure to come. And, I every time I see Callum, every time I see you know any of these role players come in and have a good game, it's like training must be 
ridiculous right now. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's a great call. A good, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. So I think what we're seeing is that from top to bottom, and I'm using my hands for all of you listening, is that that level is getting closer to each other. And that's great, especially when your team is doing really well. And I think that's kind of what we saw today is that we made nine changes. You saw a little bit of drop off in the quality, but, but not a, a huge one where you're like, oh, like we've seen it. We rotated last year and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is a whole nother team. This is bad. Mm-hmm. We played a 4 2 3 1, which is a little bit different, but the press was there. The probing attack was there. The moving as a team was there. And I think that's what was really good to see. And Callum was a, a part of that. I wasn't trying to trip you into a, a ha, got you. Um, Averts, on the other hand, too, right? You know, coming back from serious illness with the co- with with COVID and his case that he had to fight back, um, he had an assist. He created two chances. He apparently dinged a couple long balls. He was two for two. Won seven of his ten duels. And then he was never dispossessed. And then again, he was tied with two dribbles with about half the other team, half of our team. So again, Guy Alberts getting involved, proving to be crucial. He had a great dribble kind of out of the midfield, split a couple guys, left them for dust which I know he can do. But again, to see the end product, this is what we need out of the midfield, like the final product, putting the ball where it needs to go or making a run that creates a space or just getting something that leads to a goal is what we were kind of lacking from our midfield last season. And what we said, it was a very dull midfield when it came to the attack and scoring goals. He, it was so good to see him back and he kind of forgot about what he brings to the team because he'd been out for like three, four weeks. Yeah, I mean the ball progression upfield was great today. I was I was very excited to see that, um, especially when you have Kovacic and Jorginho in there. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think the ball progression was, you know, partly because of Kovacic. To be honest with you, because uh, there was a decent link up between Kovacic and Jorginho, and then Kovacic and Havertz, and to me. It, with that midfield, which could be seen by some as a little lightweight, um, maybe not as steely as some of our, our other options, it performed relatively well. The passing was was good. Um, it was sharp. Like Havertz getting forward on that breakaway was sharp. Um, you want to see more of that from him, to be honest with you. You want to see more of him in the air on set pieces. You know, I think that's an area where he'll continue to grow this year. I'm just kind of understanding, you know, where the ball's coming in. He he took a few set pieces today too, which you know he obviously won't be on the receiving end of those. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, look again, him and Pulisic in particular. End of December. Let's see where they're at. I my guess is that they're going to be performing at a higher clip than they were today. And if they are, you know, then then you start to think about things that I'm not yet willing to think about. Well, the the nice thing with, you know, Kai coming back into that first cross that kind of headed in the direction of goal, that could have been a really early surprise for him coming back into the lineup. The run that set up Drew's goal was fantastic. You know, these again, he's a player that makes it look effortless. They're mm-hmm. highly technical things he's doing, but because he's 
tall and not as, you know, built out. It just seems like he's maybe lackadaisical. And that's never the way that I, I read it. It is just so calm and composed. It's almost similar to the way I think Christensen at times, you know, when he's defending, maybe it's not the best comp. You know, but he didn't always look like he was super pressured, but he would make some really good close downs to force a, you know, attacker out of bounds or to kind of really close off their shooting lane. And so I just getting Kai integrated back in. I mean, this is this is what he'll be able to do. And there really was no midfield for them to be stopped by today. So all of them, Kai Kovacic, Jorginho, all had freedom to run and move and put the ball forward. Yeah, he also got unlucky because Rudiger had a, a header off a set piece that was cleared off the line as well. Mm. Um, as that would have been another assist for him. Um, so just give him give him a minute. I it was good signs today from him though. I think he had a better game than Pulisic for sure. I just googled how tall he is. He's six two. Yeah, Which I feel like he looks a little bit taller, but again, most footballers are like five nine, five ten. So that's probably why he looks a bit taller. Most number tens are not six two. Yeah, six two one eighty. It's funny. Then like Google's like, you know, what number is Kai Havertz? What country is he from? Whatever. And then someone goes, "Is Kai Havertz fast?" So obviously, <laughs> I clicked it. <laughs> he was clocked at nearly twenty two miles per hour at top speed. Six two running nearly 22 miles an hour. Honestly, uh, Ganglesor can run, and uh, I can't wait until we see that. Uh, but again, just uh, good to see him back. We, you know, we've, we've lamented at times, like, oh, well, we don't even have our strongest lineup, and we always go back to Christian and Kai as, as being the two integral pieces that are missing. We got a good body work out of them today, a lot of minutes. They stood up to the test, and again, it's all about being able to afford to give them minutes so they can get back to their best. And it was a competitive match. It wasn't uh, a Krasnodar match. Potentially, it could be just an absolute bore fest. It was competitive minutes. It was quality. So uh, really good for them. Uh, all right. Last one we've got is Mendy and another clean sheet. But honestly, Dan, I know you brought in Mendy because of the stats that at expected Chelsea uh, you know, tweeted out here. But this makeshift backline, I'm now starting to wonder, is it all down to Mendy? Are Kurt Zuma and Tiago Silva really not that good? Is Ben Chilwell wow. average? Reese James? You're not thinking about that at all. Overrated? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Uh, Edouard Mendy is The ben goalkeeper's union is really uh, the entire time. space here. It was my a favorite, good lobby. My, my favorite part of this is Brandon's like, you know, I didn't really want to talk about Mendy, but is he the best ever player at Chelsea? No, the goalkeeper you, union super pack. You know, we're just still looking to where that money is coming from. <laughs> uh, well, look, I mean, look, here are the two. So here's the stats on Mendy, right? 12 games Can't played, wait. 27 shots faced, 24 saves, 88.9 save percentage, nine clean sheets. Is that good? Just comp- is that good, Bob? There's no Bob on this show. Uh, my name is Dan, but it's good. It's actually very good. And then the, comparatively to Petr Cech's first 12 games, nine clean sheets, three goals conceded. Edouard Mendy now has the same nine clean sheets, three How goals conceded. How good was conceded. that Peter guy? Was he any good? Uh, Peter? Peter Cech? <laughs> I, 
you just renamed him. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, well, I was trying to go with the, like, Brandon didn't know who he was. I was going with that. Hey, Ted Lasso, chill out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it turns out that Mendy's quite good, and that's my uh, entire analysis on the situation. So is it too premature to call, you know, we called Petr Cech Big Pete. So we calling him Big Ed, Big Eddie. Are we doing this already? He's got the same stats. Did, did we just make him I, into... I like Bendy Mendy a lot. Folklore? It's, it's good. I mean, it's, it's alliteration. It's just, you know... All right, we'll have to see. Let us know what you guys think a nickname for Edwa should be or if we just keep calling him Edwa Mendy because that's his, his name. Um, he had a couple saves again today, which is good. Uh, he made himself got big when we had that scrum in front of the goal. Continues to collect crosses. Um, continues to uh, just kind of mesh with whoever's in front of him. I felt like Rudiger was was doing a lot of boot ball anytime he's kind of under pressure, so I think he wasn't really taking any risks as well. Um, but surprised, genuinely surprised at how well Emerson Palmieri was. I think Naz was even tweeting about this being like a redemption game for Palmieri, and you're just like... I mean, I guess it's good we have depth, but I don't think anyone's shaking down the house saying bring in Emerson. Chilwell's been fantastic. If anything, it's uh, sealing the deal that Marco Alonso has no place in this team whatsoever. Um, Aspie, you know, average game, I'd say, for him, but I'm not concerned about it again. You know, he hasn't had a lot of matches. He might have been overexerting himself a little bit trying to you know, really just establish himself as rock solid. But again, Christensen and Rudiger, a center back pairing, I have no interest in seeing really in Ever any again. meaningful match. Yeah, but they did enough. I, I mean, well, I wasn't impressed really, but they got it done. You can get away with, with long balls when you have Giroud at the top, right? Like, and he won a lot of those, as we talked about earlier, and he won them particularly to Callum out wide, uh, which was really impressive that he had a, a good sink there and Callum kind of knew when to stop and wait for that deflected header. So Rudiger got away with a handful of those. I'm, you know, I think it was kind of the plan of attack. So, um, yeah, I, like it's a back line that worked, but uh, that will not be the back line come Saturday. Well, the I think the interesting thing, and you tied into this a little bit when we talked about lineups, Nick, is just – you know, we know Silva's number one. We know Zuma's number two. We now have Rudiger number three. We have Christensen four and Tamori in no man's land from a center back situation. Like just, you know, when you kind of look at the lineup, when you look at all the things that are going well and all the really positive storylines, that's one of the ones that doesn't feel as great that's heading terrible. into a winter window where now there's links to potentially going alone to Newcastle and what, Anything that gets him playing time, you know, we're going we're going to go through December. That's really busy, a, a January season that's going to be busy too, and it's going to you know stink potentially if there is something like an injury that is going to force him to stay. But you hope everybody stays healthy so he can go on loan and he can play because that is what he needs to develop. I bought his kit. I thought that was the agreement. I put Busby his name curse. on my away kit. So you get minutes. Is it? It was a literal transaction between me and the club, Nick, and they didn't hold up their end of the bargain. God, I wonder why. I mean, was that in the terms and conditions? Did you check the website? Look, I, I'm pretty sure I put it in the notes of my order. So if they didn't read it, that's <laughs> special not <on> notes. <laughs> Must process, play a minimum of these many yeah. matches. <laughs> Only process this order if you can guarantee that he's going to play. 
It's sad. It is genuinely sad, though. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, he's one of my favorite players at the club. I want to see him play. I was shocked that he wasn't in the lineup today. And Christensen, and you know, I mean, Christensen. I thought I thought we just put that one to bed. It 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 must be there must be something training, you know, that that just doesn't come off for him or something because every time he's playing on the field, he looks class. He looks like he's gonna grow into a future steady Eddie at the back for Chelsea, and I it, it bums me out to no end because. We got to talk to him. We enjoyed our interview with him, and we enjoyed watching him play a lot last year. And, man, I hope he gets it back. I hope him and Ruben both do. It, it, those are two that I root for all the time. All right, silver lining. He knows he is 100% going on loan. He has had time. His agent has had time to put the feelers out, right? They know what that they are going somewhere in January. Positive number two. There have been so many defensive injuries this season. He he could maybe even go to a Leicester, right? I mean, he might go to a team that normally wouldn't look to take a player like him on loan, and he might actually end up in a very competitive quality loan the back half of the season. So again, if, if from a silver lining from fixed standpoint, um, he knows where he stands, and it stands to go on loan. And like I said, with some of these injuries, maybe even at Everton, a Leicester, uh, some of these teams that, um, you know, where normally you might have to go to like a relegation team, can't go to Sheffield because Ampadu's there, but you know, you know, maybe a, a Burnley or some shocking situation where you're just getting pummeled all the time. He, he could actually go to a team that's fighting for Europe in some different places and like that. And so again, I'm just trying to spin this as positive as possible, but I'm absolutely gutted that, that Fick is behind Andreas Christensen. It, even Rudiger, who we were looking to sell at the end of the window. It just, it's just a weird turn of events. And, 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 you know, he's obviously a fan favorite because of his mentality, his attitude, the way he carries himself. And he's, he seemed to be a really, really good footballer when we got to see him. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and round this one to the final turn, Dan. And that means Dan of the match. I was actually thinking about that as I finished the game and was heading into work. I was just like, I mean, Dan's got this, right? Like, he's not going to mess with it. This, this will be straightforward. <laughs> it came really close. It was close. You know, it, uh, I, I was tempted to do what the club did, actually, which was going to be, you know, Olivier's left foot, Olivier's right foot, Olivier's head, header, slash Olivier's PK, and do it more as the goals. But, you know, I saw like five other people do the exact same thing. So I figure I made the right call, which is doing, you know, the two names, Olivier Giroud. Don't, don't mess it up. The only comment that someone came back with was, why is there not an option for both? And which was like, okay, well, yeah, you can't vote for both. That's why it's a poll. Uh, and then uh, the second one being that uh, I did above. not include his uh, his middle name uh, or did not put more O's and U's in his name for an excitement standpoint. So apparently I can still mess it up even when it's one option. You know what his middle name is? Uh, Jonathan. Well, Jonathan, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would have maybe gone with Olivier Giroud and option B is you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Just make them self-identify as being wrong. But look, overall, let let me do your job. Uh, Olivier with 44.5% of the vote. <laughs> Giroud with 55.5%. So th- there's that. Guys, the table. Uh, sitting pretty on 13 points Cash. after five matches played. That means we've only dropped two points. That was the opening draw against Sevilla. 
at the bridge. Uh, Sevilla uh, firmly in second. I think we know how this is going to shake out. They're on 10 points. Krasnar picking up a big result. They are now on four points. Stad Ren on one point. I, yeah, you know, the only, this is as expected, maybe not as good as we might have thought, Dan. You, you have context below this table because it's not just that we are top of our table you got to add a little context and look left and right and see what else is going on in the other groups well there's so there's some tasty seasoning that you got to put on our champions league run currently compared to some of the other sides which is that we are second best goal difference behind only barcelona at plus 14 we're a plus 12 goal difference which are shocking in la liga but world beaters (laughs) in the champions league so just how they do. Uh, Barcelona, Byron, and Mönchengladbach with 16 goals each are the only teams who have scored more goals so far in mm-hmm. the Champions League. So uh, we have currently scored uh, 13 goals in total. And then we are tied for the fewest goals conceded with Man City at one goal in the Champions League so far this season. Noted stout defense, Man City. <laughs> Incredible stuff. Apparently they're doing the business uh, when it comes to... Uh, well, Champions League Champions is all they League. got this year, so yeah, like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. But I mean, this this is a just a waxing of this group. I mean, we we put this to bed early, qualified in the top spot, so we're gonna get someone else's uh, second place team instead of playing Bayern again, <laughs> and mm-hmm. which is good. Uh, and yeah, look, I mean, thirteen four and one against. I'll take that. That seems like a pretty good ratio. <laughs> Thir- 13 goals for one, one against. You'll Is win- that good? You'll win a lot of matches that way, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Math. It's fundamental. Hmm. So there's this thing called 538, Dan. Ugh. Why, why, why get rid of it right now when things are going so well? That's my only question to you. I've got it pulled up, so I'm looking at it. It's the main source of his "Why Not Us" juice. Drop it in the script so you guys can see this. I mean, we it, for a while we were just outside the top ten. Now we're inside the top ten. I, I mean, we're we're climbing the ranks here. Well, it's saying that we've got a 62 percent probability of making the quarters, which you know, if you get a top draw, top group draw versus a bottom group draw, that obviously changes the dynamics of things. That's why. Juventus and Madrid right now have a much lower percentage or probability of making it into the quarters. Uh, we've got a 31% probability of making it into the semis. We've got a making the finals probability of 14% and then winning it all, the hashtag why not us, 6% probability. And, and you know, I think the, the context, though, is it still says like Man City is 78% to make the quarters, 22% to make the final Byron, who I think we would all agree is the one that seems like a more dominant side, you know, is a 18% to win the final uh, or probability to win the final. PSG, who had to come back from you know, a terrible, terrible game, have a 7% probability of winning the final. So, like, we're just a percentage point difference. Like, it, it's, it's fine margins, but I, I think in general... The thing is, when you look at this list of sides, Nick, on any given day, like, yeah, you know what? Byron is still absolutely amazing. They have injuries right now. City has had plenty of injuries this season. Everything that's happening in the world, 
I don't know. I like our on any given day opportunity moving forward of taking on this list of teams. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> miss me with the Bayern matchup, please. I, you know, they're Bayern are the best team in the world. It's not in my mind that close. Um, the, I don't think there's a team in world football that can give them on their best day, a really good game. And certainly not us at this stage. You know, maybe by springtime, who knows? You know, it could be a different story. Maybe their entire first 11 is going to be out with injury or something. I, like, I, I think they're just unbelievable. PSG are beatable. Barcelona are clearly beatable. Uh, you know, you're, Liverpool. Madrid. Liverpool is still good. Dortmund are weird to play against. You know, that they're a tough one. Atletico Madrid are always tough. They're, they're, they're not, you know, the best version of themselves this year but like it's the champions league is so hard (laughs) okay like it just one match at a time in this one matchup at a time like let's see who we get if we have a favorable matchup in the round of 16 then you start to feel a little bit better then you know you, you grow into this competition okay all right. Well, I mean, right now it's looking like Juventus might be second. United, Inter Milan might be second. Obviously, wouldn't get United. Uh, Ajax be second. There's always a <laughs> one to two matchups in the round of 16 that you're just like, my gosh, that might as well be a final. And so uh, oh. while, while finishing first is important, it is not uh, a free pass into, no. into the quarter. So... Uh, but it feels good right now, and I think we should all embrace the the good feeling. I think we should all uh, enjoy how we've handled our business, especially after last year's kind of UCL group stage. It, was, it went a little wonky, you know, scraped by uh, literally there at the end. So um, enjoy it. Think about UEFA too. Uh, UEFA in the uh, in the draws. <laughs> <laughs> not always the most honest. warm balls cold balls <laughs> let's uh yeah i mean so you know for sure if antonio conte and inter milan finish second in their group guess who chelsea gets in the next round you can almost predict it now it's there here, here, here's the thing though two two games to play in the quarters two games to play in the semis one game in the final Five games. Well, round of 16, too. You're, you're skipping over the Seven. round of 16. Like we're... Seven. Like no, we're, Dan's already cashed that check. Yeah, Dan, right? Dan <laughs> is already in the quarters right now mentally. That's yeah, wild. Look, <laughs> look, there's a check mark in, in hey, the 538. We're good. When's check the last time we made, we made the quarters? 2014? Okay, cool. you know what? Okay, good too stuff. much context, Nick. Debbie too, Downer, I'm going to stop you there. Too much context. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea are the greatest team in the world. You can't tell me anything different. So that I'm so is going to wrap this up. I'm excited to record this episode tonight. Oh my god! I am excited. I am. I'm pumped about the way this team played. I just like, hey man, if we had made the final last year, we'd have something it's different to talk about. No, it, it is. It is true. It is good to remind that you know we we have a lot to prove in this competition. It has yes. not been great since we won it in 2012. So. Uh, feeling good. Anyways, that is going to wrap us up. Listeners, thank you so much as always for joining us. Jump on, uh, tag us on social media, uh, jump in the discord through Patreon and continue the conversation with us. But you're not going to have to wait long because uh, we got a Leeds preview coming out mañana, which is Spanish for tomorrow, in case you didn't know. Uh, Leeds Saturday, dirty, dirty Leeds. First time we played Leeds in decades. 
All right. Um, so hopefully we get a uh, a long time season ticket holder like we're hoping for for that match review just to help contextualize what it is uh, for that one. So anyways, that's going to wrap us up. Uh, Nick and Dan, thank you, gentlemen. As always, it was a blast. Uh, but that's going to wrap us up. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.